want to just bring you, bring you something just this morning, uh, just as we're praying as a staff during the week, I, I felt this just pop into my heart. I mean, consistently, I'm, uh, like it, nearly every day, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting upon the Lord in some form or another uh, about what to, what to bring, uh, what he wants to speak to me, what he wants to speak to us about, what he's... Um, and, but I felt this particular thing, I felt it drop in my heart during a staff prayer meeting this week. And, uh, and it's, we're just going to quickly open it up. It, it's found in Revelation chapter 3. And uh, it says here, it's interesting, this, this piece of scripture, I'm not, not going to unpack it entirely, but it's one of the only, le- it's, it's the only letter to the seven churches that, that, uh, that the Lord does not bring a rebuke to. So there's something inherently special about this one here. And it says, to the angel of the, I'm reading from the complete Jewish version, to the angel of the Messianic community in Philadelphia, write this. Here is the message uh, of, of Hakadosh, the, the true one, the one who is the key of David, who, if he opens something, no one else can shut it. If he opens something, if he opens an opportunity, if he opens a door, there is no other person that can shut it. There's not a, an angel or demon or a person alive that cannot shut this door that the, open, that the, door, that the, that the Lord opens up to us. And it's something I believe prophetically that's happening to us today. No one else can shut it, but if, if he closes something, no one else can open it. So there are, there are doors that come into our life. There are relationship doors. There are, these doors take a, a, a number of forms and fashions. So there are some things that he can open that only God can open. And there are some things that are closed. And no matter how hard you beat on that door, no man can open them again. Right? And uh, so I, I just want to unpack this a little bit. He says, see, I know what you are doing. Look, I have put in front of you an open door. No one can shut it. I know that you have only but a little power, yet you have obeyed my message and you have not disowned me. Here, I will give you some from the synagogue of adversary who call themselves Jews, but aren't. On the contrary, they are lying with a... See, I will cause them to come and prostrate themselves at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. I love that one. Because you did obey my message about persevering, I will keep you from the time of trial coming upon the whole world to put the people of the, the people living on the earth to the test. I am coming soon. Hold on, listen to this, hold on. Somebody say, hold on. Hold fast. Every time you go to the Bunnings or, or, or uh, Mitre 10, look for the glue that says, hold fast. <laughs> oh, that's a dad joke. <laughs> yeah, that's a dad joke. See, even God tells good dad jokes. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. I will make him who wins the victory a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never leave it. Also, I will write upon him, or I write on him, the name of my God and the name of my God's city, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven from my God and my own new name. Look, there's just so much in this. I'm only just going to bring in a couple of points in this this morning. Uh, because there's a couple of things I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, and there are people here that you need to hear this. I, spe- uh, 
I really feel it's the Holy Spirit wanting to speak into our heart this morning. Uh, one of the things you see is um, there's a number of things that we can receive or attain in our life. They don't come automatically. There are things that we can attain. Uh, but there's also, he also gives a description of how we can attain these things. So there are some things as a Christian, uh, as a follower of Christ, we, we, we just receive automatically. There are things that we can, we, we are beneficiaries of just God's goodness. However, there are other things that we can attain. In other words, there are doors that open, uh, that can open to you that what they won't open to anyone else. There are doors that will open to us, but they won't open to anyone else. There is also doors that will close. It, 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 they're just not open doors to everyone. They were open doors to certain people. So this particular church, this particular group of people had a particular door that was open to them and no man could close it. And I believe also that there are people here, there are things that can open into your life that only God can open. But they're not just gonna open just because, I don't know, what you think of yourself, but there are, there are particular things. You can see these keys in the scripture here. They were opened because they did th certain things. One, and it says here, one, there is an open door. And a, do a door is a passage from one place to another, obviously. It is an opportunity. So when, we talk, when it speaks about the door, there's lots of different ways we can interpret this. But uh, in, its, in its basic form, a door is something that brings you from where you are currently into a whole new different space. If you were to go from, from through that door, you'd go from one space into another space, and then you'd go through another door, and then you'd be into a large open space. So one of the things I believe is this, prophetically speaking, I believe that there, are, there is a door available for every person. The question is, is it gonna open for us, or is it gonna remain closed? I believe that there is doors opening for us as a church that no other person could have opened them for us. Only God could. And I believe that there are men and women here today that God is wanting to open a door for you. And it's not, it's not an automatic door that just opens for you just because you're close. There are keys that you have to, we've we got to obtain in order for these doors to open. Uh, doors have a threshold. So when a, one of the uh, things I found is this. The moment that God is about to bring you into a new season, or open up a new door, sometimes, in fact, often there's conflict around that. So if you're experiencing conflict, if people are annoying you, if there's conflict in your marriage, there's conflict in your workplace, try not to get so caught up with the immediate thing of what's going on in front of you. Try and lift your vision higher to say, okay, where is God in all this? I wonder if there is a spiritual element that right now that God has wanted to bring me into a new place of influence, a new place of authority, a new place of glory. And one of the things I, I encourage us to do, often uh, we, we, when people get into a place of turmoil, one of the things that often happen is we, we, we can either have one, or two, two, one of two choices. One, we can get caught up with what's going on around us. We can caught up with the hardships. We can get caught up with what people are doing, not doing, what circumstances are, are doing. We, we can get caught up in everything else and start whining and complaining. Or we can stop and ask a much deeper question and ask this, God, what is it that you are doing? What is it now that's in front of me that you are wanting to open for me that I could walk through? Right? It's a whole new way to look at your problems. It's a whole new way to look at conflict that's going on around you. One of the things that I want you for dad is this, is that you have shown how to keep walking forward regardless of what's going on to the left and to the left of the right-hand side of us. 
So one of the things it says here, so one, you can see here that God is wanting to open a door. He's opening a door. The door is already opened for these people. And so the Lord adds another outcome in here. And I believe that this, it's a great and tangible manifestation of God's love and favor that will come and bring great honor from people. It says here, so the first things he, he, he mentions here, one is there's a great door. And secondly is this is that um, here I'm going to give you, in verse 9, that there are people going to come and honor you. And this translation says they'll prostrate themselves at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. In other words, they will know, it will be evident that my love and affection, that my favor is upon your life. He's not talking about someday in, the, in, in, the, in, in eternity. He is referring to now. He is referring into this life that we are living now. Two things are going to happen. One, a door is open for you that no man can shut. Two, people will recognize my love and my affection over your life. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want the manifest glory of God on my life so that people would be blessed. I want to see the manifestation of His presence over my life. I want to see it over this church. I want to see it over your life. I want that to, with, with all of my heart. It says, that I, they will know that I have loved you. In other words, having the favor of God upon your life is not just imaginary, it's evident. In other words, you look at somebody and it's, it's not just an imaginary thing. You can see it. You can see it in their countenance. You can see it in the way they hold themselves. You can see it in the way that they treat people. You can see it. It is evident because it's, it, re, it reflects in every part of their life. So there's two, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of outcomes here, but there's, I just want to uh, just look at a couple here today. So he says here um, in verse 11, hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. Hold on to what you have. So he's not giving them a, a reprimand or anything like that. He has seen what they have done. He has opened up a door and he wants to pour out his favor upon their life. But one of the things he does say is this. He says, look out. He says, hold on to what you have. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. It's the first time he's mentioned crown to these people. Hold on to what you have. And I want to tell you right now, there is a contention. There is a contention for the things of God over our life. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. He is not talking about material possessions, but what you have built in your life that is now evident on your life. If you want the evidence on your life, it has to first be built in your life. It doesn't happen just by coming to prayer meetings and just coming to sing songs or anything like that. It, it comes by uh, consistently working and allow the Holy Spirit to work and, and consistently doing diligent uh, things inside of your life. I'm kind of taking a step ahead of myself at the moment. He's not, so he talks, about, uh, he talks about the issue of a crown. I believe that there are two crowns he's referring to. Two crowns. One is a tangible crown that you can wear in this life. There is a tangible crown. When you have the favor of God upon your life, I believe this, that is like a crown that comes upon your head. 
There is a crown of life that comes upon people's head because of the things that they do inside of their lo- in, in their life. I believe the crown number one is that tangible manifestation of his presence over our life. The crown is something that is evident upon your life. It's not a, 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 it's not a Kmart tiara or anything like that, but it's a, it's a crown that is unmistakably manifested over your life on this earth. And it's not just for all Christians. I mean, it's open for all Christians, but not everyone wears it. Not everyone earns it. Not everyone gains that crown. One of the things he's encouraging the people is this. He said, basically he's saying this, your consistency and your perseverance has built something in your life that is now evident. And that's one of the things I really honor about you, Dad, is that your persistence and your consistency, regardless of what is going on beside you, regardless of what people are doing on this side and on that side, whatever the circumstances, one of the things that has been markably evident on your life is that you have been consistent in your compass bearing forward towards the Lord. Now you see a stage, now we get to see your life now, both your mum and dad, that the, a crown of life, in one sense, is upon your life. And it's unmistakably evident. But it obviously didn't come automatically just because you gave your heart to Jesus and came to church. One of the things he talked about the church in Philadelphia was this. He said, I've, you, you've hung on to my, the message of perseverance. In other words, you've made up a priority to keep moving forward, to keep persevering, to keep diligent in the things that you are doing. Interesting, it says here. In other words, when you, when you look at the Church of Philadelphia, the Church of Philadelphia was, a, a, was in a place of persecution, place of, um, uh, place of hardship. But one of the things they made a decision to do was this. Don't let what people, doing, don't let what people are doing around you or to you affect what God is doing in you and what he wants to do for you. I'll say that again one more time. Don't let people... Don't let what people are doing around you or to you affect what God is doing in you and has for you. That there, I believe, is completely connected to, this, to the line he just said. Don't let anyone steal your crown. Hold on to what you have. There are people here today. You've made progress in your life. You have moved forward in the things of God. You have made decisions to get your life right. You have made decisions to honor the Lord. You have made steps forward. The Lord is, wants to honor you and bless you. But what he's encouraging us today, I believe in this, is don't let anyone steal what I have for you. Don't let anyone steal the crown of life. In other words, hold fast to what you have. I can tell you right now, there's a whole bunch of things that want to come around people now and try and take off what you have or what you've already built inside of your life. What you've started to build in your marriage, what you've started to build in your walk with God, what you've started to build in your, uh, in your, in your family life, what you've started to build as a young person, your, a life of purity. You've started to build something. You've made decisions to start praying. You've, you've started to made decisions to start to honor the Lord. You've, you've made decisions to start to do some things, to build things into your life. 
And I believe that right now, that there's, a, there's an assignment of the enemy. He knows the, 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 the opportunity of the blessing, the open door that God has in front of us. He, he knows the reward that lies ahead for you. And I believe a word from God this morning is this. If you are in a place of contention, if there are things going on around you that are frustrating you, don't let go of what you've built. Don't let go of what you've built inside of your life. Don't let no other those, don't let those people steal your crown. Don't let the people at work, don't, don't let the hassles around you steal what God is building on your life. It takes resolve and effort, but in doing so brings a second thing that we will attain. And I believe this, there is a crown, I believe that there's two, two, two kind of crowns that we, that we, we, we can wear. One is, a, is, is something that we can wear on our life here on earth. There is a crown that every person on this earth was designed to wear. In, in Psalm chapter eight, he says in verse three to six, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the works of your hands, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things underneath his feet. Why do I believe that every person has been created to carry the crown of honor and glory. Every person. And friends, that's what sin does. Sin comes to rob us of that crown. That's what sin did when sin came into the earth. You see the effect of it, that man's glory and man's honor was robbed. But I believe this, where, when Jesus came, it wasn't just about just to make forgive us of our sins and so we can go to heaven one day and save from the fires of hell. No, it's much more than that. It's about restoring honor and restoring glory over our life in this lifetime now. You and I were not designed to carry shame. We're not designed to carry uh, dishonor. We were, not dis we were not designed to carry Shame and dishonor over our life. That was never the plan or never the design of God, but you can see it everywhere in the world today. There's also, a, Jesus has prepared a crown for those that have overcome in eternity as well. But I believe this. I believe that we can see the reflection of the formation of the eternal crown in our life now as well. I'll say that again. See, Jesus has already ascended. He's already preparing a place for us. But whenever we bring the things of the supernatural, whenever the, the glory of God comes, what's happening is there is a, something from a whole different dimension comes and manifests into this dimension. It's been all through the scriptures. We, we, I can, we can unpack it another day. But one of the things we see of people evolve was this. They were able to reach in by faith to a new dimension a dimension that had not yet come, a dimension that was yet to come and bring it into this earth right now. Even the way that you and I are created, let us make man in our own reflection. In other words, the, we are the reflection of God. We reflect something else. I believe this. Therefore, with Jesus has already gone to prepare a place for us that you can see the reflection of the crown that has been laid up for you in eternity. You can see the reflection of it start to manifest in our life now. 
oh, I want that. I want that now. And I can tell you right now, there's no words that can describe it, but you can see the reflection of it. Here, and so therefore, there's a, there's a huge amount of jealousy, obviously, uh, around the demonic, and there is a huge amount of contention. That's why he says, uh, he says, lay a hold of it or hold fast. Strongly grip it with a hand of faith. Strongly grip some things. There are some things in our life that we've got to lay a hold of and grip on and never, ever let them go. There are some things that you, we've got to let go, but there are some things that we can never, ever let go. Prayer is one thing. Devotion is one thing. A love for the Lord. A, a, a spirit of humility. Hold on to those things. Never let them go. Kind of just moving quickly a little bit through it today. But our life was designed to live like this. But sin steals, steal, steals uh, honor and glory, but through faith and relationship with Jesus Christ, it is regained. See, when we live a life that is clean and righteous before God, there is something tangible that can be seen over our life. I look today on the world. I, I, I've seen on social media. I've seen some of the stuff that is getting around our young people. I see some of the stuff that people are watching and, and looking at. I, I, I see some of the, the things that people are involved with. I mean, things like... Uh, I mean, you look what is now becoming normal in today's life in, in, in the area of sexual purity. What was once seemed as something shocking is now seen as something that's becoming popular. I'm not going to go into the details right now. But even our young people are getting caught up into things that were never designed to do. They were never designed to be exposed to. And what it does is, it seems, what the devil does is he tries to make a funnel or make it popular, culturalize it so it becomes normal. But what it does is it strips people's dignity, it strips people's honor, it strips people of, their, of, their, of the glory that God has for them. And you can see it on their life. When you, can, when you see somebody that struggles with, um, uh, with, with alcohol, for example, what it does, it strips people of their dignity. It strips them of the honor that God has. When you see somebody that's, that's rolling rotten drunk, some people will think that's funny. But actually, in the eyes of God, it's a, it's a shame to see somebody carrying on that way. So there is something about living a life that is clean, something about a person that lives their life morally clean, sexually clean, they, they, and, their, and their habits, and the things that they do, because when you look at what the Bible says, he's, at the beginning of that scripture, he said, I have seen what you do, and therefore this has come, this is available for you. It, it's not... This is, I have seen what you are hoping for. I have seen what you are planning for. I have seen what you're, what you're thinking about. No, 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 no. He's saying, I have seen what you are doing. In other words, I have seen the daily pattern of behavior inside of your life, what you value and what you don't value, what you allow into your life and what you, don't, what you shake off your life. I have seen how consistent and persistent you are in your daily life, in your daily devotion. That's simply all it was regardless of anything else that was going around. The fact that you stayed true, the fact that you held on to the promise, the, the fact that you made a decision that regardless of what people are saying or doing or ought to be doing, you just kept on moving forward. That is not complicated. That is not complicated. Every person can do this regardless of your background, regardless of absolutely anything. You can just make a decision to just 
keep consistent and persistent. Just keep moving forward. Keep one, making one step forward. There is nothing rocket science in there. It's not about having this great supernatural encounter. Not, not one bit. Those are important. They can help you. But at the end of the day, it still has to come down to what will I decide to do on a daily basis? What will I make, what will I make a priority? Will I make a decision to... Uh, maybe, I, maybe it's a thing about alcohol. Man, I'm just sick of the, the shame. Every time I just have a wee bit too much of this other day. Look, no longer in my life. It might, might take you a, a day to get rid of it. It might take you a little bit long. Maybe you have to work through some things. But my friends, I want to encourage you, don't let that alcohol steal the glory that God has for you. Do not let alcohol rob you of that crown. Do not let, don't let that alcohol rob you of the open doors. Don't let it steal it from you. You can see poverty, poverty. Bring shame to people. There's nothing glorious about poverty at all. There's nothing honorable about having little at all. Contrary to a lot of what people would say. God doesn't want you to live in poverty. It brings shame. It brings dishonor over your life. But if you do some consistent things like honoring the Lord with your finances and allowing somebody to speak into your life, allowing somebody to help move you forward, you'll find that you can start to break the cycle of poverty relatively easy. Hello? You don't need a major encounter with the Lord to break that off. What you need is to start making some decisions that honor the Lord with your finances. Hello? <laughs> what you need to do is stop spending so much on a visa card. What you need to do is don't be overcome by the decision to spend money on this, that, and the other thing. You can actually get ahead financially quite simply. Hello. When we come to Christ, many believers believe, many believers, I believe this, risk losing the crown that was lost and the one that they have, that they, the one to come in eternity. It's not about salvation, but reward. A lot of Christians start to listen to a whole bunch of wrong doctrines. Get, get bitter over people, get bitter over issues. It's not about losing their salvation, but what they do is they end up missing out on the fullness of what God has for them. The doors don't open, the doors that should open don't open. So how do we attain it? In verse eight, I know what you are doing. It's the things that we do. We don't intend to, it's not about intention or, or anything like that. It's about actually the regular decisions that we are making to do something or to not do something. The, the, the decision to listen to that, the decision to not listen to that, the decision to, to honor the Lord, the, dishonor, the, the, the decision to go with the crowd. See, the Lord acknowledged the fact that they did so whilst having little, very little power. He acknowledges that this open door and the great favor that was about to come upon their life was not connected to their awesomeness as a people. They were just a little church up in, up in a place and now called Turkey. They didn't have any, they weren't a bunch of wealthy people. They didn't have any of that. It just said, he just said this, that you, the Lord acknowledges the fact that they remain consistent, that they have remained loyal, that they have remained persevering, they keep moving forward 
even while having very little power. In other words, it implies that this group of people didn't have excessive wealth or were people of great influence. They were just ordinary folk that made the daily decision to walk true, walk faithful, and keep doing it. Therefore, God opens doors of opportunity that no man can close. God's great favor and love is then manifested over our life. It's a crown that can be worn today, and also on a crown that can come in eternity. I want to encourage you today. Every one of us, I mean, we're just ordinary, simple folk. Yeah? I mean, some people here are pretty outstanding. <laughs> but actually, the reality is, many of us are just simple folk. We come to church, we, we have pressures on at life, we've got people doing silly things around us. But I want to encourage you today. There is a crown that you and I can wear today. There's a crown that can be established. It's, it don't just, doesn't just come on you suddenly. It's, it's established over your life. It comes by consistently building things. It cons- comes by consistently making choices. It comes by consistently honoring the Lord. It make, comes by consistently doing the right thing. At this church, they had little power there. A church way up the coast somewhere. But yet the Lord saw what they were doing. Maybe you're here today and there's some things that you know in your life that actually they're just bringing shame to you. They're they're, they're robbing you of the honor and the glory that you were designed to walk in. You're in the right place. You're in the right place to to receive this. I don't encourage you today. You're in the right place to get help. You're in the right place to get healing. I want to encourage you today. Why don't you make a decision every day from here? So I can't, this is not something I can just pray for you and just release it over your life. No, no, no. Now you've caught the seeds of it. Now it's your job to cultivate it. No one else can do it for you. Maybe you're here today and there are things in your life that, uh, that you are doing that you need to stop doing. Or maybe if you can't stop doing them, maybe you're going to have to look at the issues of your heart that are causing you to go there. You're in the right place to be able to find keys to be able to help you. Maybe you're looking for this great door of opportunity to open up for your life. How about you just doing the, just do the things that God has called you to do now and just do them well and consistently. Maybe you're here and you're in a place of business or you're in a place of work. I want to encourage you just do something, just something really simple. Do the best that you can in your place of work. That's it. Honor the Lord in your workplace. Honor the Lord with your boss. Honor the Lord. Doors of opportunity will open up to you. You don't have to try and fight for doors. They will just open up. God will open up. Honor the Lord in your internal life. Honor the Lord in the way that you conduct yourself. Honor the the Lord in the way that you love people way that you treat people will reflect the way that you treat yourself will reflect see this is something that you and I can establish and build over our life it's not just going to come and fall upon you but when you look back on your life you'll see it and it'll be noticeable upon you why don't we just stand and worship this morning I believe that there's a, a contention 
intention for what God wants to do in your life. There are people here today, I know it without a shadow of a doubt. What you are experiencing in your heart, what you are experiencing around you is a contention for what God has in front of you. Maybe you're starting to lose your grip on faith a little bit. You can tell that by the thoughts of, oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore. Can't be, nothing's really happening. It's just you're starting to get frustration. I want to encourage you today. Get your heart back to the Lord again. Get your heart back to the Lord again. Maybe you've just stopped praying. Maybe you've stopped connecting. Maybe you've just started to withdraw. Uh, there's something of a lot more in that than you think. I know without a shadow of a doubt, God has placed people here. People are here today. There is a great, God has got great things. He wants to put a crown of glory and honor upon your life. But there is a contention for it. I can tell you right now. I know other people are experiencing that contention in their life. And if you can make the connection between what's going on in and around you with what God has for you, it will cause you to lay a hold of His presence again. There are people here today you are called by God to bring honor into our community. You are called by God to bring restoration. You are called by God to be a vessel of honor. You are called by God to bring hope into this community. You are called by God for things greater than you could ever imagine. You are called by God to carry an amazing favor, amazing presence. And there is a contention around your life for it right now. Young people, I want to challenge you. There is a challenge on your life right now to give your life into sexual immorality. Don't bear it. Don't go there. If there are things that you're watching online, let it go. Stop watching it. If there are habits you've started to engage in, stop doing it. Start to direct your focus. Start to direct your attention towards the glory and the honor that the Lord wants to bestow.